Welcome to Equestrian Movement's Best Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our first Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling, and husbandry, or an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today we're going to be talking about creating a language with your horse. So creating a language with your horse is one of the most important reasons for implementing groundwork in your training sessions. We want to have clear and concise thorough languages that we have established with our horse so that they understand what's expected of them. So it's seems to be a little bit lost in the waters where it's actually quite easy to train language into our horses. We just don't really think constructively about it sometimes because we're doing what our coaches are telling us to do and uh, we don't really understand what we're trying to achieve, what our end goal is. So it's similar to teaching your dog to do things, right? As we want to teach them certain things so that when we talk to them, they know what we want from them. So we teach them to sit and to lie down and to heal. My dogs know how to go to the car, go to bed. So just, you know, there's certain words that we're going to teach our animals just to make it a lot easier for us to live our day-to-day lives. We're going to ask our dog to come when we call and then not pester us when we're eating dinner. And so those are the kinds of language skills that we're going to develop initially with our horses. And then it extrapolates into more complex languages when we get into the saddle. So the way that I tend to explain this is that, you know, um, we start with our single word cue. So a single word cue with our dog would be sit, lie down, heel. How are you going to guide the behavior? How are you going to mark the behavior? How are you going to motivate the behavior? We're just looking for one behavior that's very clear and intentional that we can easily mark and reinforce that single behavior. And then we're looking at more of our complex word cues, which for like your dog is, you know, if you're ready to start teaching them how to herd sheep or you're doing agility work with them or you're teaching them to dance, something where we're going to create like a vocabulary with them to get an extrapolation of behaviors. So what we're doing with our horses, our single word cues on the ground are like, asking them to walk when you walk, stop when you stop, back when you back, asking them to pick their leg up, asking them to stand, asking them to relax. So they're a single behavior that is easy and clear to mark and motivate them to do it again. Whereas our complex word cues are what we tend to see once we get into the saddle, like stop, go and turn are our simple word cues because we can just do the one thing and mark it. But if we're looking at balance, 
Q, so half halts, bend, turning like on a circle with balance, leg yields, where we're implementing more than one like physical touch cue to them to try and explain a new word, then that's what we're looking at as our complex word cues where they have to be very understanding in how to figure it out in the first place. And so that comes with it so many other issues, right? It's like how does your horse have the emotional agility to learn or are they getting frustrated when they don't know what the answer is or are they getting anxious because they're trying to please you and they can't get it right are they anticipating the ask and they're getting anxious they're trying to give you the ask before you ask it of them so uh, we can have our learning behaviors like frustration where they don't know what the answer is or if we're using pressure release for example we're using tools that are considered aversives to try and communicate this to us to our horses are they seeing those tools as threat of punishment or you know are they fearful of it so example of that would be you know if you got your dog from a rescue and it had been neglected and, and malnourished you know a way of training negative reinforcement into a dog to ask it to sit would be to put your hand on its butt and push the butt onto the ground and then take your hand away when it sat but a dog that has had abuse and neglect might not have a positive relationship with the hand and so when you put your hand onto its butt to ask it to sit it might try and bite you so we want to be really clear when we're creating this language and we want to be really intentional about how we're going to structure it in but we want to have the forethought of where we're actually going with this language as well so another example of that is something that I have done with my horse is that I started teaching him the Spanish walk uh, by asking him to target the whip with his leg and then I changed my mind and decided that I wanted him to back off the, the whip instead and so then he got very frustrated with me because what the behavior that I had reinforced previously that he saw as correct, I was not uh, rewarding him for or saying, yes, that's what I wanted. I was saying, no, that's not what I want. So he was getting frustrated and irritated at me because I changed the language. And so while it is possible to do this because we're not, you know, always aware of the situations that are going to come up that we need to have language for we do still need to try to do it not very often so because otherwise our horses start to lose faith and confidence in us because what we said was right one day we're saying is wrong another day and so we want to get really clear and intentional with our horses about what that language is and what it looks like so that we can layer those words on top of each other to get into our higher level movements. Uh, like when we send our kids to school, we're not expecting them to just uh, be able to construct stories and write the whole stories by hand. They have to learn the alphabet first and then they have to learn to put the alphabet into words and spell words and then they have to put the words into sentences and understand what adjectives and nouns and verbs are and then the sentences become paragraphs and then they can write a story and then they have to practice writing stories as well. And so this is quite often what we expect of our horses is we hop on and we're riding them and we're expecting them to do a half halt and they rear 
and we're like oh I've got a naughty horse but if you think about like doing a half hold and you put your legs and your hands on at the same time which one should your horse listen to they're either going to run through your hands or they're not going to create forward and and then you're going to put the spurs on put the whip on because your horse is not forward or you're going to tighten the nose band and get a stronger bit if they're running through the bit and then you've got two pressures at either end trying to force them to create this new word which is balance and they don't know what to do with it and so they just rear instead so you really want to be intentional about this language that you're creating with your horse because without it they don't know what the answer is and so then we create this internal state of confusion depending on your horse's personality they might start to withdraw and internalize and then that you're not recognizing that like they might just be doing it because they think it's the right answer but they don't actually know what the answer is or they might start getting more anxious because they're people pleasers and they're just trying to keep you happy or they might start getting super stubborn and resisting to move uh, these are our different personality types and how they interact with that learning process and then our horses that tend to be more into the aggressive behaviors might start getting lashing out and biting and, and striking and kicking and bucking out and whatnot. So we want to make sure that we're creating a really clear language that we're working on with our horses. And this is why it's the third pillar of our holistic horse handling skills is we got, we've got you know more than 50 shaping plans of how we're going to teach these words cue these words into our horses so that we can start putting those words in together and create a language with our horses so that our horses know what we actually want from them and then we're not like then we can just rule out when 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 our horse is saying no that we can just rule out it's not because they don't know what the answer is so then we can it can clarify what we need to look at if we need to look at pain or other reasons for them saying no so jump in the comment section below and let us know what words you wish your horse knew uh, what words would make it easier for you to work with your horse we love love developing language and communication with our horses uh, and what we really want you to understand is that the way that you cue it in if you're following a method is you know that's generally that trainer's way of stacking the behaviors on top of each other layering the behaviors on top of each other so that they can get into the complex behaviors and so it's not about like the method that you use it's just about the clarity of how you put those words together how you teach those words so that you can put those words together so um, it doesn't have to be negative reinforcement purely negative uh, positive reinforcement there's a way of blending it together how are you going to guide them into the behavior how are you going to mark it and how are you going to motivate it them to do it again and then how are you going to put those words together to create a new language and then how has your horse responded to the way that you've asked it because that's a whole different story that we're going to go into on another training is that the way that you cue the the word in um you know we we enmesh and we entangle the behaviors and the understanding as if it's the same thing however 
I have yet to see a horse that when you wiggle the lead rope at it to ask it to back, that doesn't see the way that you're asking it as rude and offensive. So the way that we present the ask to them is also really important for how we're going to shape this language out because also what we're doing on the ground then has to be transferable to get that language happening in the saddle. So that's it from me for today and until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you, especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, building a connection with your horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.